0: Um, a lot of times the parents just want to come back on another visit so they can hang out and, and relax in Madison. But
1: Welcome to the Competitive Mindset Podcast. Each interview, we talk to leaders who differentiate themselves and achieve high levels of performance through the lens of motivation, competitiveness, and mindset. These conversations lead to thought-provoking idea-sharing and growth, accompanied by entertaining storytelling. Welcome along on our journey to lifelong learning, improved performance, and a look inside the Competitive Mindset. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Check out my friends Brian and Chris and their podcast, The Greatest Games. They explore coaches' journeys, share some funny stories, and inevitably, Chris tries to stump Brian with some trivia. Check out their website, thegreatestgames.podbean.com, and 816 Basketball on social media. Kyle Blackburn, welcome to the Competitive Mindset. Billy, how are we doing, man? I'm doing great. It's good to see you. Good to see you as well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no worries. I'm excited to dive in and learn a little bit more about your story. So let's start there. Walk us through your journey and how it's led you to where you are now and what you're doing.
0: Yeah, great question. So like, I started uh, coaching basketball at a very young age. I went to Shellsburg, Wisconsin, a um, small town in the southwest corner of the state uh, for high school. And while I was in high school, um, they had a fifth grade team that needed a coach. And I was playing and kind of in our season. But, you know, I volunteered to help them out. And that, that's kind of when I first fell in love with coaching. So it happened, you know, at an early age, but when I was in high school and I always knew I, knew I wanted to go into teaching and coaching. So when I went to University of Wisconsin, Platteville, I continued to coach at at Shellsburg, and got my physical education degree and, you know, met some people along the way. And they, they asked me if I ever thought about collegiate coaching. So then got interested in that and kind of did the little Midwest uh, coaching tour so, you know, I'd stops um, at Clark University in Dubuque, Iowa, Grandview University in Des Moines. And then it took me down to Benedictine College in Kansas. Um, so just kind of jumped around at some different NAI schools and, and gained experience and worked for some really good coaches. And I think that was probably the best part of it, you know, just to work for some really good people um, and really learn what what it took to be, you know, a good coach and, you know, kind of what the business was all about. Um, So then after those experiences, you know, I kind of wanted to run my own program. So I was lucky enough to get a junior college head coaching job in Michigan, um, Delta College. Um, And that was great, kind of just running the foundation and learning, you know, what works, what doesn't work for me, you know, as a head coach and, you know, having some success and, you know, obviously a little bit of failure along the way um, is is always a great teacher. So um, that was a good experience. And then um, ended up back in Kansas City at Rockhurst University at a NCAA Division II working for Drew Diener, who's another Wisconsin guy. Um, so it was good to, to see that level, you know, work at NAIA, um, JUCO, and then Division II, um, just kind of learning the different backgrounds of each, each level and, and just gaining experience from really good people. That All that led me here to University of Wisconsin, you know, in my current role as Director of Recruiting and Scouting, going into year six with the program. And obviously Coach Guard, and entire staff is, is awesome to work for. Um, and, and obviously our players are bringing first class people who, who work hard and want to do things the right way. So couldn't ask for anything better. And, and that's why, you know, lucky enough to have been able to stay here for, for going on six years now. And um, the season just kicked off last night. So, you know, we're, we're excited to get going with this young crew and um, to get that first win under our belts and, and get moving so the quick and dirty of the journey, I guess.
1: All right. Well, let's explore it a little bit. Let's go back to Shellsburg.
0: <laughs> so you yeah. said
1: you were playing and volunteering coaching yep, with yep. this team so I'm curious if there was ever like a moment where as coach you were like oh yeah this is a light bulb that I should be doing as a player
0: yeah yeah it's kind of you know it's that thing it's like you, you tell a kid to to block out when they're in fifth grade and they don't even know what that means and it's like well maybe I should you know work on my bo- you know I block out and boxing out, you know just you know it's kind of the first like do as I say not as I do type thing but it kind of probably did make me a better player at the time just you know focusing on some details and getting to experiment with those fifth graders was a lot of fun and i'd bring it back to our varsity coach and say hey we ran this play and you know my point guard in fifth grade he scored buckets off this so we gotta we gotta run this you know just just fun conversations like that And my high school coach bob betcher was you know pretty instrumental in me in coaching and, and getting into basketball so and he you know hall of fame high school coach and it was great to 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 have that experience and share it with him and, and kind of bounce things back off him. So
1: it was good. All right. We share a little bit of a connection here with junior college stuff. You mentioned Delta college in Michigan mm-hmm. and at the junior college level, you know, people hear crazy stories all the time. There's very good basketball there though as well. I'm curious if there was ever a time where you were coaching, recruiting, whatever it was, and you, thought to yourself am I in the twilight zone is this real what's really happening here you know there, there was a time for me where we went to go play a game I won't name the school and we got kicked out of the gym because intramural volleyball had to happen so we had to walk <laughs> up the hill to the old gym uh, oh, the wow. lights barely worked and, and those types of things happened we won the game so it, it all ended in a good story but I'm curious if you have that moment
0: yeah yeah that's it's a funny question because yeah, as you know junior college world is you know, it can, it can be a wild world, but kind of the, the aha moment for me was, um, you know, putting just the, the simply just putting the, the lineup in the book and marking your starters and like saying, you know, like, obviously as an assistant, you have input into that, um, but just like making sure that gets done right. You know, just, there's all these little steps along the way as a head coach, you have to think about and just marking the starters and be like, okay, now, now we're here, you know, so to speak. And, you know, it was a great experience and there there's plenty of JUCO stories probably, not all can be shared on this podcast, but those guys were great, and it was a fun group to work with, and, you know, just a bunch of, you know, different, really good kids from different backgrounds, you know, all coming together, and, you know, we were lucky to win 19 games and have, you know, great success, but, you know, it's just, it's just a different level, you know, all those kids are striving, you know, to get to, you know, four-year school, and, you know, or some are just, you know, wanting to play basketball for another year or two, but, Um, just being able to work with all those kids and and try to help them get to their goals and you know learn from failures and learn like I said what works as a head coach and what doesn't Um, it was just a lot of fun to
1: do that all right let's rewind even further then tell me about competition and the first time you remember participating in something that was competitive yeah
0: so part of that like I said you know we mentioned you know coaching the fifth grade team when I was in high school but um, actually being able to play on those teams so like I remember when I was in third grade and I got asked to be on the fourth grade team and you know that was the first competition that you know I, I would ever do and then I just remember how how fun it was to play with you know my friends and my you know those teammates and you know win or lose you know we won a lot of games because we're pretty good but like just you know just enjoying the experience of, of playing a competition with, with you know with my friends you know I, I really enjoyed that and and then once you win a couple, you know, you get the ice cream, you get you get all the perks that way. So I just always just loved winning and, you know, just it, it just became basketball and being competitive just kind of took over. And, and then when I started coaching, you know, high school after I graduated um, for, for those few years before I jumped into the college level, um, just just it was just fun to to coach kids and, you know, see how much joy they got out of it and you know, working the, together on a competitive level to see how we can win games, um, and just kind of really fell in love with that process.
1: So we've mentioned success and failure here a couple times, and I'm glad you mentioned both because you balance it out, right? Because you're learning from both. So let's start here. What's your favorite failure that you've had in your life that you've learned a lesson from?
0: I got lucky enough to get the college job at Clark University. And then it was a part-time job and only paid $4,000, I think. And it was like, okay, I need to make some more money somehow. So I need to get this next job. And I think, you know, obviously interviewing for jobs and trying to get coaching jobs is, is very tough, as you know. Um, so I think being turned down so many times for a lot of jobs when you think you're qualified, um, I think, you know, that that kind of failure really tests you a little bit because, you know, so you ask yourself, like, am, am I doing the right thing? You know, should I, you know, just go get a teaching job and, and do that? Probably, those are probably some of my favorite failures because you just learn, you know, I got to interview better or I have to maybe put a bit better resume together um, and just really kind of learn learn by failing on some of those job interviews and, you know, what works, what doesn't work and and then, you know, getting that next job and then being excited again and, and then figuring it out again and kind of, And learning from those so i'd say that problem
1: and you have to keep your energy level up with those failures because they are demoralizing and like you just said kind of when you do get that next job it fills your tank up again and then you're ready to go but how do you i'm curious when you have continual failures still find a silver lining or still find or shining light to look for you know rather than focusing on the negative part of it
0: yeah i think i think if you love anything uh, enough and you you're willing to work for it uh, enough i think um i think that can kind of fill the tank up so to speak like if you love it and you're willing to work for it and you know you just got to get the right timing and the right thing you know stars to align so to speak um so i think you know leaning back on those things and your work ethic and you know just believing that you're doing the right things and you know if you work for the right people and you have the right network that you know things are things are going to come out good on the other end um so i think just relying on those
1: so you you just hit on this a little bit, but I I think I want you to expand on this. So the stars aligning, can you talk to me a little bit about how you put in work on your end to try to get those stars in alignment? Yeah, great question. Um, I think when when I was making kind of that
0: Midwest coaching tour, um, you know, through the different college stops, I always made it a point to work basketball camps, and, and I enjoyed working them and doing different things. So there was one summer I had a I, I had a two thousand um, Ford Taurus, and it had probably 180,000 miles on it. And I might've put you know 30,000 miles on it in one summer. I was just all over the place, working different camps. And um, a mentor of mine told me never to turn down a basketball opportunity. So whether it was a camp, a clinic, um, just maybe just meeting with coaches in a room and talking basketball. Um, I, I think early on at a young age, I just wanted to do all of those things and, and learn as much as I, I could. Um, and working for different head coaches, I think, was a good thing just because I learned so many different philosophies. And, you know, I picked, you know, different things. Like Dennis Schaefer was a great defensive coach at Grandview. So, I, you know, I picked some things up from him. Ryan Moody was at Benedictine was really good at running the program. So picking up different things from him and kind of adding them to my philosophy. Um, and then obviously I always grew up a Wisconsin Badger fan. So, you know, watching the Badgers and Bo Ryan and Greg Gard, And and just saying, you know, just that's where the love of basketball, you know, started watching the Badgers really. Um, and and then when I would work camp for Wisconsin, you know, picking their brain and, and learning from them, you know, and, and we run the swing at camp, you know, and I, I, when you would coach the camp, you would learn that way. So it was just great kind of learning from different people and taking those basketball opportunities and kind of forming my own philosophy that way.
1: So the other side of the failure part we just talked about is success. So I'm curious how your mindset has changed in regards to what success means to you over the course of your life or your career.
0: Yeah, that's early on success was, you know, even with those young fifth graders, it was how do we win? You know, it was all about winning and, you know, obviously winning is important, um, but I think kind of as my career progressed, you know, I kind of take value and success in, you know, some of the relationships that I've built built with not only the players, but the staff. Um, staffs that I've worked for and obviously the people along the um, along the way that you meet. um so you know I, I've, I've been lucky enough that most stops that I've been at we've been a, been very successful on the court, but I think the off the court relationship with the players and staff is something that you know I view as is, is successful you know even if you have a bad year, um like this summer i went to to three former players weddings um so just being able to like be at those and you know see them kind of succeed in life and move on and and see them in that light you know I view that as a uh, success and you know as you know and not a lot of people get to form you know those relationships and being part of a team like that so I think you know just having those successful off the court relationships has been you know I've taken more value in that I guess as I've gotten older and obviously we still like to win games and, and we still like to compete for championships and we'll do that um, but
1: just really knowing what's important at the end of the day so you just hit on some things outside of the basketball world. So I'm curious with your competitiveness and your desire to win or succeed, whatever word you want to use in whatever situation that you're in, how do you balance that out in your life? So you're not always going 100% of the time, full throttle trying to compete at everything because there's a potential for burnout there. So how do you balance it out? Yeah, it
0: is tough. and And like, and sometimes like my competitive switch is always on. Right. So like I could be playing a board game or, you know, playing darts against my girlfriend or something. And I always want to win and she might not like that either, but um, just the competitive nature sometimes is always takes over, but really, like you said, at the end of the day, when you leave the court, you gotta, you gotta be able to balance that, that work life, you know, um, have a good work life balance, you know, ultimately. Um, so being able to kind of, you know, move the switch a little bit down and, you know, always have that competitive nature, I think is important, but, you know, realizing um, that things need to get done off the court as far as life and family um, and being successful that way is important as well.
1: Well, you're doing better than me because my wife and I no longer play any board games or any of that because someone <laughs> was upset after those yeah. uh, matches were done. And I'll tell you right now that Playing horse was probably my doing of ending it because my wife is a much better shooter than I ever was. In- <laughs> oh, so it was you yeah. that, that was quitting those games. Yeah, I was like shooting it off the side of the house and in to try to win. Like those kinds of okay. things, you know, trick shots. Yeah. You got to have the trick shots, no doubt. <laughs> Staying in the competing mode, how do you use competition in your current role at Wisconsin? And what is your mindset as far as what competing means in your role? to get the best out of what you're trying to accomplish.
0: And I, I just kind of started this, this new role of re- director of recruiting and scouting. So I think, you know, I've really deep diving uh, on the recruiting side and, you know, at Wisconsin, we have such a, you know, a niche program that, you know, we can't do, you know, maybe some of the things that, you know, a Duke or Kentucky are doing, but how, how do we be competitive to be the best, you know, put our assistants and our head coach in the best um, job to, to recruit to Wisconsin. Um, So, you know, I've done a, a lot of searching with, you know, other programs to see, you know, what, like I have the, the director of recruiting at Clemson, for example, is a good friend and, you know, figuring out what they're doing. Or, you know, they had a really good graphic. You know, it's how do we work with our graphic designer to up our game in that department? In the on campus visits, you know, how can we competitively advance our on campus visits to make sure that when a recruit comes on a visit to Wisconsin, they're getting the full experience and they walk away from that visit. With, with a better idea of who we are, you know, as people, who we are as a program, and what Wisconsin can ultimately do for them. Because um, we, we offer obviously a great package with a winning program, a great college atmosphere in Madison, and then a world class education, you know. So, how do we hit on those three things the best we can? Um, and, and our head coach, obviously, Greg Gard, does a great job of it. Our assistants do a wonderful job. Two of them have played here before, so they've walked the walk, so to speak um and coach Oliver played at Iowa we don't like to talk about that too much but all those guys do a great job of you know selling who we are and and what we're about as a program and um and I just want to you know help them you know deliver the best product we can you know on those visits and everything and you know it's just being competitive and every day like how can we be better you know how can we we really show showcase what we're
1: about so I want to peel the onion back a little bit on these visits because I don't think people generally understand what goes into this. But can you go through some of the things you do on your visits to give the players the experience of what Wisconsin is like?
0: First off, when we get them there, we li- we like to show them around the Kohl Center. Obviously, we have a great you know home venue. Um, we're we're you know somewhere between you know six and seven, top five in the in the country in attendance. Um, so just really showcasing the home that they would, they would play in, you know, eventually in the fan support that, that we do have. And, you know, we love our fans and obviously, you know, you've been to a game at the Cole Center and could get, it's a pretty good home and home court advantage, but um, just showing them kind of our facilities, weight room, locker room, taking them through the the practice facility. Um, and we're actually going to break ground on, on new facilities coming up. So kind of painting the dream for them, so to speak of what, you know, by the time they would get. To Wisconsin, what it what it's going to look like. Um, so we have great facilities now, but we're always striving to be better um, and and really showing them that. And and then for the parents too to see, you know, some certain resources like we have uh, the Fetzer Center right by the locker room, which is you know fully academics, and we have academic advisors and tutors, um, and really hitting home on the the academic piece because there's some colleges where you know kids might. Not be required to do much academically, but we require our guys to go to class, and you know there'll be some days when we get home at you know two a.m. and we we expect them to be a class at eight a.m. the next day. I know that's not everywhere, but um, you know parents love you know hearing that that we're going to hold them accountable that way, um, and and just showing them that uh, that we care. You know not only what goes on on the court, but we want to develop them in the classroom and then as people as well. Um, so that you know back to the visits, it's just you know kind of showing what the home, the Cole Center home. Um, and then they always get a chance to meet with Coach Gard one-on-one. Um, and if it's a first meeting, you know, Coach has his presentation, then he'll go through and, you know, we won't share all his details on what he talks about there. But um, he, he does he does a nice job of, you know, because he, he loves this place and cares for it and um, he, he's a great coach. So he does a nice job of, of showing what it would be to play for him. Um, and then, you know, on a later visit, maybe doing some X's and O's you know, going through film w- with the recruits and showing them, Hey, this is how you fit in w- with us. This is why, you know, we, we think you'd be really good here. I think kids enjoy that part, you know, just, you know, that they see, you know, former successful players that look, you know, that are, you know, have their game look like them and, and they could see themselves succeeding in our program. So I think that's important. Um, and, th- and then we always like to kind of center center the visits around, you know, some sort of an event. So if there's a home football game where we can go over and, and kind of relax and take in a football game, go on the field and kind of see the game day atmosphere. You know, we love to do that. Obviously we wanna do a campus tour and show them all the buildings and academic resources. And then, you know, a lot of times we'll we'll, we'll end with lunch on the terrace, you know, and get to see, you know some of the lounge spots that a, a student might be able to enjoy in the lakes um, and all the views and up Bascom Hill and, you know some of the iconic spots on campus. and. You know, those are those are really cool. Like even for me, I've been to the terrace, you know, 100 times. But, you know, every time I go there, it's like, you know, it's like a breath of fresh air. You know, it's it's just awesome to see. And I think kids and parents enjoy that. Um, a lot of times the parents just want to come back on another visit so they can hang out and and relax in Madison. But, you know, that's that's some of the, the main points we'll hit on on a campus tour and a visit. But then we always, you know, enjoy food together. Like we'll go, you know, for meals and be able to sit down. And a lot of times we're recruiting a student athlete and the parents, but a lot of times we want to figure out what they're about too. You know, is it somebody that, you know, is this going to fit? Is this going to work for us? So not only are we recruiting them, but we're kind of, you know, making sure it's a good fit and and not interviewing them, so to speak, but making sure that, you know, they're about what we're about and it's not going to be you know, with the transfer issues and everything, obviously, you know, that's a huge part of it. And we don't, we want to avoid that as much as possible. So we want to make sure, you know, it's the best fit that we can get. Um, and they're a lot of fun, you know, just because they're excited to be here. We're excited to have them or else we wouldn't have invited them to campus. Um, so it's a lot of fun to, to get to know them and, and really show what the university is about in our program. I
1: awesome. just gotta give a quick shout out to aj for the video stuff you mentioned there yep. with, the, with the guys and, and i'm sure that when you go to bascom hill you don't mention that they have to run up that in preseason
0: <laughs> oh we tell them every time they're running up that and yeah you're right aj does a great job with the videos and um it, it can be on a moment's notice so like aj we've got a recruit coming saturday we need this for a video and he, he whips it up perfect every time so it does a nice job All
1: right. so bascom hill makes me think you know of things that aren't so fun necessarily so it's going to lead me to fear or joy so when you're competing whether it starts with your girlfriend or you know in a game at the pool center or on the road somewhere are you driven by the fear of losing or the joy of winning when you go into that competition i would say the joy of winning just because
0: the Everybody, We have like a process we go through, whether, you know, when we're two days out, this is what we do as a program to get ready. When we're one day out, scouting report video. And, you know, we never skip steps in the process, no matter, you know, what game it is or what, maybe it's even running the hill and getting in shape to run the hill. You know, just the process of going about that. But, you know, back to a game and a competition, I think it's the joy of winning because, we, you know, you put in all this work, you know, the guys have all week on preparing. Um, and then you get to kind of the test, which is the game, and that that's the fun part. That's when you get to let it rip, and and then when you see that process kind of play out and, and get the win, you know what comes. You know the, the celebration and like to enjoy it in the locker room with the guys, knowing you did it together, and it's something special. Every win is, is you never want to take it granted for it because they're hard to get. Um, But the joy of winning, I think, is what drives you. You want to work and, and go through the process to get to
1: get to that point. So you just mentioned there your process. So I'm curious, what is something that you have changed your mind about recently that you previously believed to be true or you had a process about that you changed? And now you are in this alternate area because you were given new information or you learned something unique.
0: I think one, one thing that we have not changed, but kind of tweaked a little bit, we, you know, we, we talked about, you know, the visits and what we do on recruiting visits and, you know, a big topic nationwide on these recruiting visits is to have uh, the recruits wear your Jersey and do like a photo shoot for Twitter and Instagram and, you know, teams kind of get wild with it and have fun with it. Um, We we talked about it as a staff and we, You know, to put that jersey on means something. You know, we have two former players as assistants. Like that jersey means something. It's like we don't want, you know, just anybody, you know, to having a photo shoot in a Wisconsin jersey. So, you know, we've kind of talked about maybe changing our mind on that and not doing maybe as many. um, Maybe waiting till, you know, maybe they're a senior or they're about to, you know, make a college decision. Um, So really kind of narrowing in. Like if you're going to put that jersey on for a, a picture, we, we really want you to be a Badger and we, we want to make it special. And that and that means something, right? Um, not just anybody who comes to campus, you can do a photo shoot, you know, type of thing. So that's something we're thinking about, you know, a little bit. And, you know, something we've probably early on, maybe we put everybody in a Jersey and take a picture, but now, you know, maybe we're want to be a little bit different that way and make it more special, more meaningful.
1: Now, as we wrap up here, tell me about a mentor that you've had in your life and a lesson that they taught you that you use on a regular basis.
0: I'd say uh, we were talked about the different college stops I've been to. One of the coaches I worked for Ryan Moody at Benedict and has been just a really good mentor for me. And, and you know, somebody I talk with a lot about, you know, just anything, whether it be life or basketball, or but I think the biggest thing I learned from him is to, to how you run a program and how you kind of unite people. Cause there's a lot of people that are involved in a program from, you know, not only your players, but your student managers to, um, your administrators to, you know, just the townspeople that might come to a game, you know, at some of these small schools and, you know, just how do you tie that whole community piece together? Um, I think he did a great job, did a great job of that. And I learned a lot, just basically how to run a program and, you know, some of the finer details of, you know, how do you bring people together? And, you know, he's a, he's a
1: great mentor for me. Awesome. So I want to get you out of here on a fun question. Use your imagination a bit. Okay. Imagine a refrigerator and you look inside that refrigerator if you could pick one item out of that refrigerator that best identifies with who you are as a person and why, what item would that be?
0: Ooh, that is a juicy question. Okay, let me put a little thought to this. I'm going to say water because I, uh, I want to be very dependable um, and I want to be there on a daily basis for, you know, the people around me, um, you know, almost not a, not to an essential point. I guess that's what water is essentially. You need water. But, you know, just something that that you can rely on, that you can enjoy um, and, and something that you're going to want every single day to be around. So I would say water.
1: Awesome. Well, Kyle, I appreciate the time. I appreciate the insights and thanks for coming on a Competitive Mindset. Thanks, Billy. Thanks for having me. Be sure to subscribe, rate, leave a review, and follow us at CompetitivePod. Competitive Mindset Music was produced by DJ Jojo Moore, and all images were created by Elena Keel.